Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 12th, and trending this hour, early voting. It begins today in Indiana and runs through November 7th. Also trending, the NFL Power Rankings. Sports Illustrated has released theirs, and the Buffalo Bills have reclaimed the top spot. Finally trending, Bob Costas. Oh, jeez. He's calling his first full MLB postseason uh, series since 2000. You don't you don't like him, do you? How this he doing color? He's doing play by play, right? Yeah, Bob Costas has been around since the earth was young, and there was a time where he was okay. But it's over. You know, over 40 years, every Bob Costas broadcast is some like professorial lecture story hour everything's the biggest moment in the history of sport just call the plays i always associate him with the olympics and he always does the olympics and it was fun i guess even it was tolerable before i knew what his politics were but he's a super lib Mm -hmm. and so just the whole thing you can't get past it can you i just i just and again, it's like I know that a lot of sports people are very liberal, and that doesn't necessarily bother me. But every broadcast is the biggest thing that ever happened in the history of ever, and every play is the biggest play in the history of, uh, uh, that ever happened. Mm-hmm. You're doing a playoff baseball game. It's not the World Series. You know, it's not you know Kurt Gibson's famous home run in 1988. You know, it's not Joe Carter hopping around the bases in 1993. It's just a ball game. Mm-hmm. Balls and strikes, mm-hmm. outs and hits. It's just call a game. To play. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the postseason for uh, Major League Baseball happening. We have NHL season beginning yesterday. And, of course, we're right in the middle. We're in the thick of it for football yes. and college football. It's a good day to be alive. It if is. You like sports. It, yeah, it is. When you think about everything going, the only thing not going, and I guess it is in a certain extent, and it will be going while baseball's still going, is uh, is the National Basketball Association, mm-hmm. which starts very soon. So literally, at one time, you'll have all the sports going. Right. Yeah. It is eight minutes after 10. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And Karine Jean-Pierre, she's claiming that your disposable income is up (laughs) and that gas prices are down (laughs) clearly this is a woman who has lost touch with reality weird move though uh you know because disposable incomes are actually lower than when biden first took office and gas prices are up 64 percent 22 cents in the past week here in Indiana. The average price is $4.22. Yeah, it's such a losing argument because what she is doing every day, and we're going to play the audio here in just a moment, is let me tell you how great your life actually is. Mm-hmm. And regular people are looking at this going, no, 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 my life isn't better. Things are more expensive. I have less buying power. I have less options. I can't get things that I used to get. My life is not better. And she keeps going, no, 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 your life is really better. (laughs) And all that's going to do is just anger people who know, lady, it doesn't matter what words come out of your mouth. You need to get to making my life better, not telling me my life is better. Listen. 
We have seen some important progress for the American people. A couple of things that I lay out, we, we've seen real disposable income and real consumer spending, both increase in part thanks to the strength of our job market. Uh, gas prices are down over $1 per gallon since their peak this summer. That's an overall decline of 22%. It reminds me of the uh, George Costanza scene from Seinfeld. <laughs> it's not a lie yeah. if you believe it's true. Did you see the tweet from that local bakery that went out explaining all of their price changes for their ingredients? Yes, you had that on the template. And we just didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to get to it. But it is fascinating when you see uh, when you see how much more it is costing mm-hmm. organizations to purchase and acquire ingredients if they even can to make stuff, you really see why the final price you pay is so much markedly higher. Yeah, they said in January of 21, flour cost them $12.19. Today, $28. Sugar used to be $25. Now it's $34. Powdered sugar used to be $25. Now it's $39. Shortening used to be $41. Now it's $87. Here's a big one. Uh, clearly, they sell donuts at this bakery. Donut fry shortening used to be $42, and now it's more than doubled at $88. Salt used to be $10. Now it's $14. And even sprinkles, the little jimmies that you put on top of yep. your cakes and your cupcakes, used to be $56. Now it's up to $86. So if you're a local business owner, here's just one example of how this inflation is affecting you and it's affecting this bakery. And of course, what do they have to do? They have to turn around and pass that cost on to their customers. It's 11 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's talk about Biden's COVID response coordinator. He was sharing some thoughts on 60 Minutes. Uh, He said that Biden said the pandemic's over, but COVID isn't over. Rob, do you know the difference? This is the box that Biden, as Biden always does, puts his people in because he goes out and makes a statement. Mm -hmm. Like the pandemic's over. Right. Unannounced, unprovoked. It wasn't like, hey, Biden's going to be on 60 Minutes and he's going to make this big declaration and everybody has their marching orders going forward. That's how you do those sort of things. When Biden shoots from the hip or is just shooting, period, I don't know if it's from the hip or he has a brain left or whatever, the problem is the government is functioning under the official directive of him as an actual leader, not just a bumbling old fool on television, Mm -hmm. which is we must keep the COVID scheme and scam going for as long as possible. And when I say scheme or scam, I know somebody's going to lose their mind. I'm not saying COVID wasn't real. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But the certain level of fear mongering or obsessive never ending you must get a vaccine you must get a booster you must wear a mat that just the never ending barrage of fear mm-hmm. it stoked in people's existence it makes it hard to keep that up that charade up when you got the old fool out on 60 minutes saying it's over and Biden's COVID response coordinator <clears throat> excuse me is having a very hard time juggling both of those things President Biden did tell 60 Minutes that he thought the pandemic was over. Do you share that assessment? So let me be very clear. The president also followed that up with COVID is not over uh, and said we are doing a lot of work. I am the COVID response coordinator. We are doing a lot of work. 
<laughs> We're doing a lot of work. We're and, working. And by the way, I love the fact that, well, he said the pandemic's over, not the COVID's over. Mm-hmm. No kidding. We've been telling you for two years now, you're never getting rid of this. Mm-hmm. And the goal was never supposed to be zero COVID. Just like there's not zero flu or there's not you know zero strep throat or there's not zero ear infection mm-hmm. or any there's zero nothing zero shingles or zero whatever it, yep. well covid will always be here in mm-hmm. some shape form or fashion until they come up with an actual vaccine for it which at this point does not exist and there is not one on the horizon that will eradicate COVID. And so it comes back to the problem the Democrats have now, which is people have seen, hey, everything's kind of okay. And are there still maybe people dying from COVID? Yep. But there's still people who die from the flu. Mm -hmm. And the great tragedy of all of this is that we could have operated as we are operating right now from day one. Oh, wait a minute. We're just flattening the curve, right? Yeah, that's right. 15 oh, days. Oh, gosh. Right. Remember that? And 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 Oof. we never had to shut down society. We never had to put people out of work. We never had to close businesses. We never had to do that. And any politician who went along with that and placated that, I'm talking from the federal government on down, if your U.S. Senator, <clears throat> Todd Young, voted to bribe governors, <clears throat> Eric Holcomb, to shut down societies and your legislators, <clears throat> Indiana Republican Party, did nothing to stop them. <laughs> they are all equally guilty because it's a total, total egregious lack of judgment and common sense from people who you should not vote to put in charge of anything. He told reporters last week that 70% of the people who are dying from COVID are 75 years or older. That's the way it's been from the beginning? Right. No, there is nothing new that, in terms of data on COVID about who gets it, who is most well, impacted. Let me stop you. There is some new stuff because now research is coming out saying how harmful to some people the vaccine and the booster shot is. Right, 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 right. But what I'm talking about in terms of who is most at risk of serious ramifications from mm-hmm. COVID, mm-hmm. there is nothing new that we know today. It is the elderly. It is people with pre-existing conditions, specific pre-existing conditions. There is nothing different than we knew two months into this thing. All of this is so needless and nonsensical, and you're totally right, Casey. As we were telling you from the beginning, hey, you ought to be careful about an experimental vaccine. You know why? Because it's experimental. Mm-hmm. And it don't make you a bad person if you don't get the shot because you're saying, I'm not going to be a guinea pig. Right. Hey, you mentioned Todd Young. Yes. I wanted to let you know, I saw a Todd Young commercial last night where he did not mention that he was a Marine. Well, how would anyone know then? (laughs) The one and only. It was uh, about the Indiana Dunes in northern Indiana. Sure. uh, He made that a national park. Oh. But not a mention of him being a Marine in the commercial. So, so far, Todd Young, who has been in the United States Senate, for six years, he was a U.S. congressman for six years before that. So he's got 12 years, and all he can tell you is 30 years ago, I was a Marine. I teamed up with Schumer. These are the ads he's run so far. So ad one, I was a Marine 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teamed up with Schumer, Pelosi, Kamala, and Biden to add tens of billions to the national debt with this CHIPS Act. Yep. 
and I did something with Indiana Dunes. Mm -hmm. That's your U.S. senator. He was a U.S. congressman before that. 12 years. That's all he's got. But go ahead. Go ahead. Kneel at that Republican altar and vote for that guy because you're scared of a Democrat. Go ahead and do it. 17 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And we lost a famous actress yesterday. And you might be surprised about her influence on the term gaslighting. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. She was on the big screen. She was in musical theater. She was on television. She had a 75-year career. But yesterday, at the age of 96, Angela Lansbury passed away. It was just five days shy of her 97th birthday. So this woman was nominated for three Oscars. She won seven Tony Awards and holds the record for Emmy actress nods with 12 for her role on Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote is one of the all-time greatest episodic television shows. I will put it up against anything when you think about the length at which it ran, Mm -hmm. the popularity when it was on uh, through first run, and then certainly uh, how it lived on in syndication or has lived on in syndication. Murder, She Wrote ran 19 years, Casey. Mm -hmm. Did you realize that? 1984 to 2003. Yeah, that's a long time. She won four Golden Globe Awards for that. And she is also responsible for a phrase that we like to use. She's partly responsible. She played a part in it. Uh, a phrase that we use today a lot. You've heard the the term gaslighting, yes. right? Uh, a form of manipulation and psychological control. Well, she won an Academy Award nomination as Best Supporting Actress. This was her first role oh. in a movie, and it was from the 1944 suspense film Gaslight, oh. where the phrase gaslighting comes from. Wow. But something else that Angela Lansbury did, Rob, and I thought uh, it was appropriate today since we're honoring her, she sang part of a song that if you listen to the lyrics, I think she might have been singing about us. Oh. Taylor's old as time <laughs> True as it can be <laughs> Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly So who's who in that scenario? Who's the beauty and who's the beast? Well, based on the clicks we got on the YouTube uh, video today, the YouTube stream, you are definitely the beauty in the equation. Isn't that interesting, too, how, um, I say cartoons, animated movies Mm -hmm. have given actors new lives yeah. like ta- like Angela Lansbury's great example obviously she was in Beauty and the Beast she did this incredibly long running very well thought of show murder she wrote and then you know Beauty and the Beast and, and all the bi- the uh what do they call those not biographies when you pass away obituaries uh, obituaries talk about murder she wrote mm-hmm. and beauty and and the beast like Tim Allen is a great example you know obviously home, home improvement, improvement all the movies but also bu- uh, buzz lightyear yeah you know so it is amazing how these cartoons animated series computer generated you know movies have Give new life or extend the life of an actor right and yeah. boy talk about easy work yeah well 
Yeah. Talk about easy yeah. work. Showing up. Yeah, and your underwear with Cheeto stains all over your T-shirt, <laughs> and you just voice some lines. What a great deal. Yeah, you don't have to look beautiful in front of the camera. It's uh, it's just all right there in front of a hey, microphone. Can we point out something? Because I want to give us a little extra time here for the voicemails that mm-hmm. we've got coming up. But we did sell out night with WIBC. Oh, great. Uh, and we told you it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everyone who bought tickets. It's interesting. We almost doubled our ticket count. From this year to last year, we put in a venue because they sold out so fast last year. We said, let's see what happens when we put in a bigger venue. And within one week, we sold out Night with WIBC again. Fantastic. As we told you it would. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there, I think there's maybe going to be some ticket giveaways coming up. They put some tickets aside. I don't know if they're maybe going to release some more. I don't know. But uh, Are again, they going to give him all the Tony Cats to give away? Well, I think it depends on whether he wins this Marconi <laughs> or not uh, coming up here uh, in a week or so. All right. Well, that's a, that's a good, good thing. We're going to see everybody on October 27th. And uh, you mentioned voicemails. We've got those on the way. And yesterday, somebody called in and said, or two days ago, Monday, perhaps, said that you need to be more positive. Yes. And you finally found something to be positive about. It was this new poll conducted by Emerson College Polling, and they said that Brian Kemp in Georgia continues to maintain his lead over Stacey Abrams. There are so many highly fraudulent people in the political apparatus and it is always great for me when a high-profile fraud mm-hmm. is about to go down in flames. And for Stacey Abrams, who has offered nothing, she has no applicable skill set, there's nothing about her that you would say, like if you just took the politics out of it, you looked at this person and said, wow, what a great person to be a leader. There's nothing about that. She has been a campaign on being you know, a fear monger, and it is... Uh, on many levels and it is great to see that it appears voters in georgia unlike the u.s senate race that is super close voters in georgia appear to be ready to resoundingly reject her Mm -hmm. for a second time and hopefully that is the end of her because that's what needs to happen she needs to go away according to this poll 51 percent of the voters said they would cast their ballots for kemp and only 46 saying the same for abrams so that's five points and that's the number that you have said is the difference. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not a mandate. Or do you think that is a mandate? Well, I, th- I think I think anytime you win re-election, you have some semblance of the voters have. Look, there's one thing to win an election. Then there's winning re-election because a re-election is often a uh, referendum on the incumbent. So if you win in a swing state by, you know, two or three points, that's, that's pretty good. But when you are in, like, this poll has Kemp up five— and we've said this about DeSantis. To me, the magic number for Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. to catapult himself as a front runner running for the Republican nomination for president is five points in a swing state. Uh, same thing about Brian Kemp. If you win by five or more in a swing state, absolutely 100% mandate. 317 684 8444. That's our phone number for voicemails. And we're going to hear from you next on 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I've just reached my answering machine. Good morning. It is 1033-317-684-8444. That's our phone number. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right. So we're going to do voicemails a little different today. We got a plethora of phone calls about how people feel when candidates knock on their door. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're going to put all those calls together and we're going to play those next hour as a block um, because very diverse opinions on how people feel Mm -hmm. when the candidate comes to the door. But in the meantime, we got uh, a bevy of calls about a variety of other topics that we discuss on this show. And while we get things started, uh, somebody not very happy with our old pal, the cowardly lion, Diego Morales, not showing up at that uh, debate the other night. Take a listen. Hey, Seha here. I say kudos to Drake, your caller. said everything that's on the minds of a lot of people I know, including myself. Where in the heck is Diego? And my next question would be, why aren't you pulling some of the Republicans that voted for him, the panel of whoever they are, that put him in as our nominee? What were they thinking? There has got to be somebody better than him that should have been the forerunner for the Republican Party. This is what's puzzling me. Is what in the world is going on behind the scenes? Uh, does he have something on somebody? Why did they pick him? And I think he needs to literally resign his position, put somebody else in there before the voting day. I don't know if that can be done, but this guy is not getting my Republican vote. Not one minute, nor my husband's, nor my family's. We're going, in, we're going with your... Uh, um, a libertarian guy, Kendall. We're going. We're going with that guy. By golly, he sounds like the most well-rounded person out there right now. You will never feel bad about yourself when you walk out of a voting booth knowing you voted for the most qualified person for every office. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more as the Republicans continue to pick really terrible candidates like Todd Young, even though I think Todd Young will will probably win and and ultimately by a somewhat comfortable margin, and certainly Diego, that people are wising up to this party and these people oftentimes do not have my interest at heart. And the best thing you can do is send that message. Diego's a terrible candidate. There's nothing about his track record that says he would be qualified in this office. There's nothing he's done as a candidate to earn anyone's vote. And ultimately comes down to whether people are willing to stand up for themselves. And we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about vetting the candidate. And who was it who came out and said they knew? Right after Abdul released his cheat sheet, uh-huh. somebody came out and said that they knew about a month or so more before. Oh, Kyle Hupfer. Hupfer, The state right. party chairman. Okay, yes. that's right. And isn't it up to him or somebody, like she mentioned, to vet these people a little bit before they get the nomination. Well, here's the problem with Diego. (laughs) We could do a whole show on that. But in this specific instance, you can't stop someone from running. And Holly Sullivan, who is the incumbent secretary of state, decided to run a somewhat hands-off campaign on not exposing or being critical of what a danger Diego was as a general election candidate. And you had a bevy of people who rightfully were so mad at Eric Holcomb because Holly Sullivan was Holcomb's handpicked choice. Yes, man. That they said, we are going to punish Holcomb for his egregious behavior. The problem was there were multiple people you could have done that with. And you picked the most unqualified guy possible. Mm -hmm. And so now you're stuck with him. And so I hope and I believe and I, I think this woman really espouses where a lot of people are saying is saying, look, Jeff Moore, the libertarian, 
overwhelmingly the most qualified. If you just took, let's say, Destiny, Diego, and Jeff Moore, and you said we're going to remove the politics from this, you don't know who these people are, we're going to put their resumes Mm -hmm. out there, and what Mm -hmm. they plan to do in the office, Mm -hmm. it's not even close. And then when you factor in the fact that if the libertarians get 10%, Mm -hmm. they get primary ballot access, which gives people a viable third choice going forward, to punish the Republicans when they do not behave like Republicans, the, the case, it's so simple, Casey. There is no argument that even needs to be made amongst the people who listen to this radio station. So is this a problem with fundraising then along the lines that the Libertarian Party just doesn't have the war chest that the Republican Party does to get their message out? Well, that's, that's a big part of it, right? And I've long said that my hope, because Jeff Moore, the, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, is by far the best candidate the Libertarians have ever nominated for statewide office. He's a 10 out of a 10 as a candidate. Appearance, his ability to articulate, Mm -hmm. you know, he looks the part, you know, when you saw him on stage the other night. Mm -hmm. I like that tie, by the way. I want to get one of those gold ties. Yeah, that yellow looked nice. But the problem is outside of central Indiana, and this is what Donald Rainwater ran into. Yeah, we talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. and we make the case a lot. But are they talking about it in Fort Wayne? Are they talking about it in Evansville? Are they talking about it in Jeffersonville? Are they talking about it up in the region where we, you know, don't oftentimes reach or have a, a strong foothold in? And the Libertarians, the next step, if Jeff Moore does indeed get the 10%, the next step has to be creating a viable and sustainable fundraising apparatus by which to get ca- these candidates who run for statewide office who can start getting on television. Mm-hmm. Jeff's aunt, Jeff Moore is on radio, but spending the dollars necessary to go from, okay, now we're a party that gets reliably 10 to 12% to a party that gets 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. And then when you start costing people elections, Republicans, because they don't behave like Republicans, then maybe they'll start behaving like Republicans. Did you think that Jeff was comfortable being on the debate stage being on camera. My so my wife and I had this conversation, yeah. and that's so interesting because you don't know, and you know this because you did television for mm-hmm. years and years and years, and so you know that television is, is camera picks up everything, and it is a totally different animal mm-hmm. because, like you and I are talking. Look, there's cameras on us right now, but we're not aware of them, right? I mean, we're aware of them, but it's not doesn't factor in what we do. Yeah, when you're on television, where you look. Mm-hmm. When you look, I just know this from doing the show with Hammer whenever Scott Long is not on the sports betting show. Whenever I get done with one episode, I always say to myself, okay, if I were to come back next week, I'd be so much better than I was this time because I, I now remember how it all operates. Yeah. Now, for me, it goes six weeks or uh, two months before right. I come back and, and then it, I forget it's again. Like, it's like by the time you do it, you only have a half hour left before you're feeling really comfortable. Like, all right, right. this is how this works. Well, do, and, and, and when you're on a debate stage, mm-hmm. especially when there's just two of you because Diego didn't show up, you're thinking, how much time do I in order to be respectful, look at the debate moderator. Mm-hmm. How much time do I look at my opponent? How much time do I look into the camera? Mm-hmm. Like those are all things. Going through your head right. at the same time while you're trying to answer a question and sound informed and intelligent. And I, and I will say this because a lot of people were being very critical of on-demand abortion advocate Destiny Wells, too. And I'm happy to be critical of her, but they were saying, well, her answer seemed really rehearsed. Well, if you're not a professional debater... Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, you don't do this on the regular and you're not used to, in the case of Destiny Wells and and Jeff Moore, you know, your first time candidates for anything, I think, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't 
you learn by doing, mm-hmm. right? So there's lots of things to be critical about Destiny Wells on, but if you've never been on a debate on statewide television before, unless you're someone like us who is used to being in front of people, used to talking, you're the whole time thinking, oh my gosh, I hope I just don't say the worst thing in the history of ever that cost me votes. Right, and then the red light on the camera turns on and it just makes you nervous. I felt like he was a little bit um, unsure Sure. He was a little bit nervous, but then as it went on, he got better and better. And I mentioned yesterday that I felt like Jeff did really well with rebuttals because that's when his personality came out. It wasn't a rehearsed script or this is what I have to say. No, when you get to the rebuttal, it's more of an instinctual, no, this is my opinion. And that's when it was more natural. Sure. And, And I struggle with this. And again, my wife and I were talking about this because I struggle with, I judge debates based on how I would do them. And my personality is such that I could get away with saying it's all a game of reasonable expectation, right? Like Trump got away with stuff before it got old and tiresome because there was a reasonable level of expectation that, and I'm talking about the 2016 campaign. Well, yeah, it's the wild and wacky apprentice guy, the eccentric billionaire guy. And so you have to stay in the confines of your own personality and what you're comfortable with and so i always struggle with that like oh what a missed opportunity he should have said this or she should have said that and it's like it doesn't work because if that's not who you are as a human being it comes off as you know an inauthentic approach so real quick want to get to one more here before we have Mm -hmm. to take a break somebody on along the lines of voting for third parties throwing your vote away are you helping democrats someone called and asked a pretty good question about that yeah rob and casey um i was wondering i have a kind of a political question for you. I am never going to vote Democrat, but at the same token, I don't like some of the Republicans that are running. So if I decide to vote independent, does that not help the Democrats in some way? That's the same thing that I have asked you from time to time. Yeah, and so here... You're splitting the vote. Well, but here, so here is the question for you as a human, and every human has to square this, and until you square it, it's kind of a fool's errand. What do you think you deserve out of people who elect you? Do you believe you deserve the lesser of two evils who you are confident will inevitably let you down? Or do you believe that you deserve the person who is most qualified and will best represent you? And if the answer is the latter, Mm -hmm. then you have an obligation to vote for that person. If you vote for, I don't think, if you were to hook even the most ardent of Republicans up to some sort of magical truth serum, (laughs) they would not be able to tell you, I believe Diego is a highly qualified individual who will certainly do well in this office. And if that is the case, and you vote for that person who not only is he unqualified, we know that based on his work record in that office alone, but he's not going to do a good job in the office. There's nothing about Diego's background that says he would be an exceptional secretary of state. He's a guy who has coveted being in public office, which is why in 2018 he tried to run for Secretary of State, then recognized he was going to get his ass kicked by Connie Lawson, so he pulled out of that. Then he tried to run for U.S. House, got his ass kicked doing that, and as soon as he was done with that, he went right back to running for Secretary of State. This guy just yearns to be in public office. And so it comes down to what do you think you deserve as a voter? Do you deserve the best, most qualified person, or do you deserve, well... 
I didn't pick the best person, but I picked the lesser of two evils, and he's going to suck at that job, but he's not as bad as Destiny. You have to square that. And until voters start standing up for themselves, if every person who felt the way that guy feels voted for the libertarian in this Mm -hmm. case, look, I'm not... I'm not advocating for all libertarians. There are Republicans I'm voting for this fall. Daniel Elliott, the Republican candidate for state treasurer, is awesome. He's a rock-solid, conservative, reliable conservative. I will absolutely 100% vote for Daniel Elliott for state treasurer. So when we pick on these Republicans, it's because they suck, and they're only there because you're afraid of Democrats. You have to decide when you've had enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So pick the candidate that fits your needs. Now, Hammer told me he was running behind mm-hmm. because he was at a barber shop somewhere. He said the line was really long. So when we come back, we will either have more voicemails. Or we'll have Hammer. Or we'll have Hammer. Okay, it's 93 WIBC. Good morning. He got a haircut. He's looking good. Hammer joins us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC at 1051. So you're going to have a big show today. You have got the Republican nominee for Marion County Prosecutor on. Cindy Carrasco, yes. Uh, last night they aired the debate that RTV6 did. Yeah. Now, they taped this, I guess, two days ago in the morning, but then they played it back at night, which is the most RTV6 thing imaginable. Well, were they busy? Like, you don't want to be on, you know, statewide television? <laughs> or got something else going on? I, I don't know. Uh, but I, you know, watched that last night. Again, the commitment that we all have to our audience we watch this crap so the listeners don't have to mm-hmm. yeah. and uh it was moderated by rafael sanchez who i like rafael he's a good dude i thought he did a pretty good job but my takeaway from this debate and we'll talk about this this afternoon when cindy comes in is that it's everybody else's fault yeah. but ryan mears ryan mears will blame every single other person that's in his inner circle other than himself about the current state of indianapolis and oh by the way he says downtown indy safe (laughs) i just found out that somebody got shot at the taco bell that i go to you know i live in indianapolis and i thought it was a relatively safe area maybe not somebody getting shot in the taco bell that i go to that that worries me. I mean, remember a couple of years back where it was like Scott Dixon and Tony Kanan, yeah. they went to the uh, Taco Bell near the Speedway. Now, I think they may have went to the one in Hallville, <laughs> which probably was a bad idea if you're like really rich guys in nice cars. If I were you, I'd be leaving. What a great idea. <laughs> but they got robbed at the Taco Bell at uh, Hallville. So, yeah, it happens. And, um, yeah, for him to say downtown Indy safe when last year there was record homicide it's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, let me ask you this. Yes. I've heard you talk about your amazing record yes. as a politician. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0 is a politician or running, you know, being advisors, campaigns, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So let's play some fantasy campaign manager here. Yes. Some people play fantasy football. I want you to play fantasy campaign manager. We are less than 30 days away until Election Day. Marion County Prosecutor's race. If all of a sudden the Cindy Carrasco group was put right in your lap yeah. what would you do in the final month well i don't think she's done a great job of coalition building and what's co- that mean well it means it's easy to go for votes that you think you can get pretty easily they call that low-hanging fruit and if you look at the track record of people who win races in marion county as republicans especially i mean it's more this way now than ever before ballard was engaged in trench warfare like he went places that like casey said you'd go that's dangerous to be there maybe it's hard to ask people to go hey would you go knock on doors where you know you might get shot it's not easy but unfortunately does it have to to be 
be her? Like, because I know she's had Reverend Harrison's group kind of do some stumping for her as well. But does it have to be her? It does. It doesn't. It helps though because it shows I'm with you, right? Like, it doesn't have. She's not going to knock on every door, but your people, people in your church, people campaigning for you. It's not easy to do. But what people forget is the establishment, the main group of voters has almost always made up their mind and it's really hard to, especially in this case, to go find those people who either haven't made their mind up or sick enough if you inspire them to vote, they'll do it. What's coming up? What else is coming up this afternoon? Uh, Mindy Winkler back in for Big Nige. Casey, uh, Tony Kennett, the crazy coupon yeah! lady and Cindy Carrasco. We are jam-packed. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thanks, Hammer. Bow, wow, wow, baby, oh, baby. Bow, wow, baby, oh, baby.